Hello and welcome to Musing 31. Happy probably Tuesday by the time this one goes live or live on all the other podcast apps. But um, yeah, I didn't record an episode last week. Sorry about that. Just totally slipped my mind. Um, Yeah, not even going to try to make an excuse for that one. This week I also am recording this late. It's Monday already, 9 o'clock at night that I'm recording this. Um, yeah, usually I record these on Sunday, so that way they can be live on Monday. But, again, slipped my mind yesterday. Wasn't even thinking about it. It was Mother's Day. That's my excuse, okay? my We we weren't even celebrating Mother's Day for until... Yeah, I, I could have recorded it yesterday. I just wasn't thinking. Anyways, how's your week been? Um, yeah, so with all of my excuses out of the way... Um, Some highlights from this past week is that I went climbing uh, in a gym for the second time, but technically the first time at this place, and um, yeah, it's a really cool gym, pretty small, Uh, ceilings aren't like super high or anything, it's it's not like a vertical climbing gym, Uh, it's more like um, bouldering focusing more on technique and holds and stuff like that rather than seeing how high you can get. Um, The nice thing about this kind of a gym is you don't have to be wearing a harness when you're climbing. So you're just climbing and you don't have to worry about that. They just have mats on the ground and none of the routes are high enough uh, where falling could give you serious damage unless you like don't know how to land. But Basically, it's pretty safe. So I went climbing, and that was on Thursday. This is probably out of order, but anyways, that's okay. Um, so yeah, Thursday, went climbing. It was a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, I will be climbing like every Thursday now, because, yeah, it was a lot of fun um, hanging out with friends and climbing around on walls. Um Towards the end of the climbing, my, I should say, I didn't put any chalk on, um, not because I didn't want to. Well, no, it was it was because I didn't want to, uh, not because there wasn't any there. It's just because I didn't really want to, and so I just didn't put any on. Um, but anyways, because of that, I think I'm not really sure what chalk does. To be honest, someone can yell at me for this. But um, basically, by the end, my fingertips were um, gone, so that was exciting. <sighs> um, yeah. So there's there's this one route that I was I tried at the beginning of the night, evening, and I couldn't quite get it. And I tried it on and off a couple times, and I just couldn't get it. I think by the end I could have gotten it had my fingertips not been shredded. Uh, because by the end there, I couldn't really do any holds uh, just because like I couldn't feel anything, basically. Um, yeah, every there was no such thing as anything soft. Everything was just kind of like really hard on my fingertips just because they were gone. So yeah, that was kind of an interesting experience. I had never done that before. So yeah, that was, but like my forearms didn't really hurt. It was mostly just my fingertips that hurt. And so Friday felt pretty normal. And then come Saturday and Sunday, oh my gosh, 
my forearms were killing me they were so sore um yeah they're still a little bit sore but definitely not as bad as they were saturday and sunday sunday wasn't as, as terrible as saturday saturday was definitely super sore forearms um so yeah i'm glad that i'm only going once a week i mean i'd love to go more but at this point in my life my body can't handle more than once a week because yeah anyways so that was fun to go climbing um yeah i also forget what day this was tuesday Ooh, yeah i think it was tuesday tuesday morning i was just kind of like well i shouldn't say just kind of friday saturday sunday monday of the week before i had kind of been contemplating uh selling a bunch of my stocks on weeble um just because i they weren't performing great and i didn't see the market turning around anytime soon a lot of the stocks i have on weeble are focused on tech and so yeah the tech market is not doing too hot right now stocks wise so like for example amazon beats earnings by 66 percent you would assume the next day that maybe they'd they'd be up at least a little bit no they were down two percent or something the next day i'm like what the heck zillow another one they were beat earnings by a significant amount next day down like four or five percent i'm like but that like that happened with like all of these tech companies in the same two weeks and they just kind of kept dropping so i was like all right i looked at some of my past performance days with that portfolio and um basically whatever happened on tuesday um wednesday and thursday would follow whether i was up or down and so yeah wednesday tuesday wednesday thursday like those days for the past couple months in my Weeble account had been like almost identical in most cases. Like one week if I lost half a percent or something on a Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, I'd lose around half a percent. So I was like, okay, whatever happens on Tuesday, I don't want that to happen again the next two days. Um, plus the next couple like weeks or whatever, I don't see anything happening huge that'll help the stocks rebound at all so tuesday it was like noonish stocks were down a lot i sold most of them except for zillow and um i have an option for ericsson in there still so i still have a couple shares of zillow in that option um but the rest of them i basically just sold most of them for a loss which definitely broke my heart to sell them for a loss. Like, ah, uh, locking in losses, not ideal. However, um, ever since then, I haven't done specific math on this, but I've been checking them pretty much every day, all the stocks I sold, and most days, most of them are red. So I think I made a smart decision selling when I did. I mean, to be fair, a smarter decision would have been to sell, like, way earlier or just not even buy the stocks that i did because most of them have turned out not profitable so that's great um so yeah that's weeble sold a lot of stocks on tuesday definitely hurt 
I don't have any regrets about it because if I didn't sell, I'd lose even more money. I do regret not selling Zillow. So funny story, Zillow earnings came out um, after hours on like Wednesday or Thursday or something, and they beat expectations and it went up like 4% in the aftermarket. And I was like, ooh, well, I didn't figure this out until 9 o'clock after market closes at 8. 9 o'clock, my dad's like, oh, hey, Zillow's up 4% in the aftermarket because he was watching them too. And I was like, oh, darn, should have sold because I had already sold most of my other stocks. And Zillow, I knew earnings was coming up, so I figured I should sell it on, on a beat because I was assuming. And so I nailed it perfectly. And so I should have sold when I was when they were up 4%. It still would have been for a loss, but it would have been at 4% less of a loss. So the next day happens, and they're down 4% on the day, meaning they had an 8% downswing from the after-hours closing until the end of the next day. And I was pretty much crying. Not really crying, but I was kind of mad at myself because I, I told myself exactly what to do. If I would have known, like, looked an hour earlier, I could have executed exactly on my plan and come out much more ahead than I am right now. So, yeah, kind of disappointed about that one. Still holding on to Zillow. I'll probably just keep buying Zillow stock and get a lower average cost. <sighs> yep. So that's Weeble. Um, I also have an account on public. Go to public.com slash IsaacD2 and follow me there if you want to see my uh, portfolio on there. That one's focused on dividends. That one has been like one of my best performing stocks. Um, I have a lot of different sectors that I wouldn't normally invest in on there. Um, real estate, uh, food, mm, pharmaceuticals. I do have a tree of tech stocks, which have been underperforming sadly. Um, as with the rest of the tech market. But yeah, so that one's a lot of stocks and things I don't normally invest in just because um, for the most part, I have been investing in growth and tech stocks and those don't always have solid dividends. So I'm doing this dividend portfolio has showed me that um, tech and growth stocks aren't the only ones out there that produce gains, especially in this market. So I just remembered something. Dang it. Okay. Anyways, sorry. Thinking about work stuff. Um, so yeah, that per that portfolio has been performing pretty decently for me. I mean, it's not going crazy or anything, but at least it's been positive more often than not. So that's a plus. Um, M one finance. Excuse me. I put some money into that, which is. My dad signed up for the Motley Fool back in like January, February. So that is a portfolio of only stocks that they have recommended. Maybe the stupidest idea I've ever done. So far, I've only lost $50. It's been it's been a great ride there over on M1. I'm probably going to sell those ones for a loss again and do my portfolio differently for those. Um, that one just continues to lose money every day, like a lot of money. So yeah, that's not ideal. 
so there's a look into my um, stock life. <laughs> um, also, Dogecoin been cooking, so except for Elon's Saturday Night Live performance thing. Um, either way, that's okay. I don't have a ton of Dogecoins, like a hundred thirty or something. Um, but I have been playing with like day trading it by day trading i mean like minute trading like holding for like five ten minutes and then selling most times for profit so that's been actually pretty fun learning learning that um i don't know if i'm profitable overall this morning i had a losing trade during school probably should have looked at the chart a little more i was just a little bit eager to like do something this morning um but yeah before that, I'm pretty sure I was profitable in day trading my Dogecoin. So that was pretty fun. Um, been learning a lot. Learning about technical analysis, stuff like that. The reason, uh, can't speak. The reason I chose Dogecoin to do day trading on is just because it's so volatile that it's very easy to make or lose 1% to 2% in like 10 minutes. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Jeez. Yeah, so like in 5 to 10, 15, 20 minutes, Dogecoin will change in price by like 1% or 2% at least usually. So it's really a lot easier to make bigger gains, but also there's also the risk of larger losses. But like if you're trading, like I also tried day trading like Ethereum and Cardano and Bitcoin, and those ones just aren't as volatile. So, like, in the same time frame, it might only move, like, 0.25% or, like, half a percent. So, it's a lot lot less volatile, so there's a lot less money to be made um, in quick succession like I've been trying to do. So, yeah, that's why I've been doing Dogecoin. But, yeah, I just buy, like, $100 at a time and then either sell it for basically 101 or $102 and make one to two dollars in profit or i'll sell it and lose a dollar or two um so yeah that's been fun uh, also last friday last being like three days ago i learned how to play pickleball we had a school music event where we did music in the morning and then the afternoon we had free time to do a bunch of stuff and so um a guy at our or the husband of one of the teachers at our school who's a lot older taught my friend and I how to play pickleball all afternoon. Um, he really enjoyed it. I mean, we enjoyed it too, but I think he got a lot of joy out of teaching people how to play pickleball. He's really into it. And I learned a new sport. There's like the opportunity to do a bunch of things, um, which would have been fun. But also, I think I enjoy like sitting down in like one place, not like spreading it out doing a bunch of things like super fast but I'd rather just like sit in one place and just kind of like explore it deeper like if that makes sense rather than doing like five different things and doing them all super shallow just like one thing dig deep and figure out do that well um so yeah that's kind of it wasn't an intentional approach to 
the whole pickleball afternoon thing, but did turn out that way and I enjoyed it a lot because I learned a new sport and now I can play that. Also that day, we rode over to the pickleball courts and I was able to try a one wheel for the first time, which was super exciting. I've seen them all over YouTube and yeah, so I've always, always, for the past couple of years, I've been wanting to ride a one wheel just for fun. My friend had one and she let me ride it and it was sweet. And now I kind of want a one wheel so I can like go ham on a gimbal and a one wheel and get some sweet parallax because geez, one wheels are cool and they're really smooth. And you know what else is smooth is the last thing on my list. And that's that this Saturday I was able to balance my 100 millimeter lens on the gimbal. Yeah, 100 to 400 millimeter lens balanced on the gimbal. That was sick. I, uh, I've tried it before. I couldn't get it to work. Saturday, I sat down. I was like, this is going to work because I'm going to make it work. And so... Um, when my lens is zoomed all the way into 100 mil, I found a way to attach, well, I didn't really find a way, but I attached two, like a um, transmitter and receiver for a flash. I connected those together, put a little clamp on the back of them, and attached that to the hot shoe mount of the camera, and that provided just enough weight on the back of the camera to balance the gimbal. Like, and it actually works. I made a quick little video um, while I shot a bunch that day. And the thing with 100 millimeters on a gimbal is that like 90% of the shots don't work, but there, there is still the 10% that do. And so those 10% that do work amazingly well. And I am hoping to make a video about doing that sometime in the near future because, yeah, that'd be pretty sweet to make a video about it. I don't really know what subject I plan on shooting with it. Um, I'll have to figure that out. That's part of my video making process, but I'm super stoked that I got a hundred mil on a gimbal because the footage just looks so sick, super sick. I'll probably, maybe I'll upload like my two favorite clips of the bees that I shot or like maybe just one of them. Yeah. I'll upload one of my B shots that I got that's like super sick. Put it as unlisted and I'll put the link in the description of this video of this podcast if you want to check it out on my YouTube channel. But it like won't be public, but if you click the link it'll it'll be there so that way you can see it. Just cuz I'm like super like the shot is just so cool. Oh my gosh. Um yeah, I love long lenses and then to be able to put it on a gimbal and make it move. Ooh. Oh my word. It's amazing. Um, so yeah, super stoked on that. I also this week, um, shot the second Robin, the first updated, the second video on my Robin hood series, the first video with an update, which has been like 80 days since I uploaded the actual first video in the Robin hood series. And sorry about that. Um, <clears throat> it's been a minute. Uh, I shot the first one. It was pretty boring. 
I just sat in my car the whole time. I mean, the second one's also not that exciting. But basically, the first time I shot it, I went through all the trades that I made. And then I was like, nobody gives a care about what trades I make um, step by step like that in a video format. It took like 10 minutes or something. Not 10. I sat in my car for 30 minutes and t t said every, every single thing I did. That was stupid. Nobody wants to watch that. So I recorded it again, this time outside my car. My car's still in the shot. Um, but I talked a little more strategy. I did sprinkle a couple of the trades that I made in there just for some flair. Um, but yeah, I talked mostly strategy, what my thought process was as I was going through these past three months of trading. And um, yeah, I'm pretty... I wouldn't say I'm pretty excited. I'm a little more excited than last time. I am pretty excited for the beginning. There's a cool, fun little thing that I did in the beginning of the Robin Hood video. I'm hoping to have that posted um, before the end of this week because I'm leaving for Florida for my senior trip on next Sunday. So like six days from today when I'm recording this. So I'm hoping to have it out by then because then it won't be two weeks. Dang. That's coming up. Yeah, I need to figure that video out. Yeah, I need to edit that video fast. It's pretty much done. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, I'm just like processing a bunch of things internally. Um, I also this week read, not this week, past two weeks have been reading um, a book called Why We Sleep. Don't remember who it's by. It's on my iPad through the Libby app, so I don't really see the cover of it with the name of it. I'm just going to unlock the iPad and boom, books there, because that's the only thing I use the iPad for, is reading through the Libby app. Yeah, that's a very interesting book. Fun fact, this just blew my mind when I heard it. Um, basically, there's this certain type of sparrow it's like the white-tailed sparrow or something um <clears throat> so if it's by itself when it goes to sleep one of its eyes is open while it's sleeping and so only half of the bird's brain is asleep at a time wild right first of all it's the same thing with um mammals that live in the water like dolphins and whales because they still need to be able to come up to the air, to the surface to get air so they can breathe. So dolphins, whales, and these sparrows, I think a lot of other birds too, could be, don't quote me on that one. But they sleep with their brains, like half of their brain at a time. Okay, that's wild that they can do that, first of all. Can you imagine? Um, second of all, these white-tailed sparrows when they're in a group, get this, say there's 10 of them lined up on like a branch, the, the middle eight will sleep with their entire brain, like all the way asleep. Then the two on the end will sleep with their end, the eyes that are on the outside open and sleep the one half of their brain. Then like halfway through the night, they turn around, switch to the other half of their brain, open their other eye, close the other one, and so they sleep with half of their brain half the night, flip around so that way their outside eye is open again, and then sleep with the other half of their brain. 
while the middle eight are just chilling there with their entire brain asleep. Like what? You've got to be, that is, that blew my mind when I read that. The fact that these birds know that they are like, whether they're in the middle or on the outside, and then the ones on the outside figure out when halfway through the night is and decide to flip around and sleep the other half of their brain. I'm blown away. So that's my fun fact of the day. Um, the book, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a must read. A lot of it's very unexciting, insightful to say the least, um, into sleep habits and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's definitely not a book that I just can't put down. You know what I mean? Like, usually I try to read a chapter a night, but I'll find myself just being like, all right, so when's the next heading? Like, I don't, I can't stay awake this whole time to read an entire chapter. That's, although at the beginning he does say if you fall asleep reading the book, it's, he doesn't care he's proud of that or something i don't know he did write it in such a way that it does put you to sleep um so yeah book's good i'd um if there's like a cliff notes version i would recommend that Uh, the whole book is not definitely not necessary but you know some people some people enjoy their books i'm gonna finish it because it's Got some information in there that seems cool so far. Um, But yeah, that's a decently cool book. Um, I don't know what book I'm going to read after this, this Why We Sleep book. But I did finish the Unlimited Memory book by Grandmaster Kevin Horsley. Um before this book that was a good book i'm gonna have to read it again it has a lot of techniques and stuff that he uses to memorize things and well or not necessarily memorize but remember things and well i kind of forgot a lot of them more so because i was just reading the book like decently fast and it's a fairly short book so i'm gonna read it again and like take notes and try to remember the things on how to remember things and practice them because well, I should say, I remember a lot of the things he teaches, but practicing them and getting down the specifics to remember to remember things is something I'm going to be working on. But yeah, anyways, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Go to IsaacDT.com for liking everything about me, not everything about me, places to find me online. Thanks for listening. Um, if you're feeling special, you you might not be, but if you are, first of all, if you made it all the way here, thanks for listening. Uh, but if you're feeling extra special, I think there's like a listener support thing where you can like donate money. But like, don't don't force yourself. I just remember I just saw that when I was looking up what episode number this was. This is Musing Thirty One. Um, So yeah, that's all for this episode. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys next, maybe not next Monday, because I'm going to be in Florida. 
but maybe I'll just record one early. We'll see. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys in the next one. Bye.